Clicks Radio is produced to take advantage of Spotify. To listen to the show the way it was intended, please go to clicksonline.com.au slash radio and click on the episode. Hello and welcome to Clicks, our second episode and probably the largest one I'm ever going to do, I think, by the looks of it. Um, a lot to get through on today's show, so we'll try and get through it reasonably quickly, but still explain things because it's quite in-depth, so I'm going to try and get through. Uh, on the way to today's show, we're going to be talking about the latest technology news, including, hopefully, the latest with Apple products. Apple, uh, this last week, is just holding their Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, and I'll have the latest on how that is going to affect people who use Apple computers on the way on today's show. The latest tech news and, of course, surprising no one, details about the uh, hacking going on with Australian government and business organisations and how it affects you and should you worry about it or not. That's on the way on today's show. Plus, of course, all the greatest songs, including uh, some Hula Notes coming up and Ganga Jang. But right now, here's Star Simply Red on Clicks Radio. It is Clicks Radio and Simply Red Stars. Welcome to it. If you're listening to the podcast, of course, you don't get the music. You just get me blabbering on for the next how long it's going to take. But uh, yeah, if you listen to it through Spotify, through the playlist I organise every single week, you will get the songs, including this week, uh, Simply Red just there. Hall of Notes on the way on today's show. Plus a flashback with small faces coming up from 1968. It's on the way on today's show. Uh, checking, we're going to do the news first. Uh, this week because there's such a, a massive amount of things to get through with the hacking I'm going to do the, the, the majority of the, the hacking stuff will be the majority of the show but we'll do the news quickly now to get it over and done with that way you know what's going on with all technology and yes hacking has been the really the item of the week after the uh, Prime Minister said on Friday that the government itself was being attacked by a different state Details on that come on today's show. Uh, but Lines, the makers of Forex and Tui's, plus other brands of beer, uh, as well as Dairy Farmers and Pura Milk, have had a second successful hacking attack against them. Now, the first one, uh, there were claims the attack was unsuccessful, but the hackers reportedly responsible have now posted evidence of the hack, including confidential files for the company. Um, the hackers demanded a more than $1 million. I feel like I should be Dr. Evil there, $1 million. Um, and they're using, to do it, they use the R-Evil uh, crypto locking tool. So it would almost certainly have been a case of somebody who works for Lions Brewery, 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 um, actually got an email. And by getting the email, opened the attachment, hoping it was something to do with with work, one would hope anyway, and ended up with uh, the crypto-locking virus getting on the computer system and, and locking a whole stack of the business's files. Prior to doing that, though, it looks like it actually sent files to the hackers involved. Um, the That hacking has no connection whatsoever with the hacking that involves the government. They're two separate things. Um, but this is the second attack on lines in less than a year. So hopefully the uh, person who, the first one, who actually fell for the, the hacking for that, wasn't the one for the second one, because if they were, I don't see them working for life much longer at all, to be honest, for that one. Um, and don't be surprised now in the near future if you get a message from Flash to say, uninstall me off your computer. Uh, Adobe, the makers of Flash, the programming language, have said, uh, said back in 2017, they'd be killing off Flash at the end of this year. Now, to ensure you're kept as safe as possible, Adobe has said they're going to be making the Flash program actually tell you to uninstall it off the computer. Um, now, there are still lots of websites who use Flash to do animations and games and bits and pieces. 
Um, so those websites have to try and move themselves off of Flash onto a different system uh, pretty soon, actually, um, because by the end of this year, by the 31st of December this year, Flash will no longer be supported at all. No updates, not safe, not trusted at all. And for the time being, Adobe is looking to try and get people to take Adobe Flash off their computers to keep themselves as safe as possible. Now, after releasing an update this month, a little bit earlier, Windows 10 users noticed old printers just suddenly stopped working. Now, it took Microsoft two weeks to work out what they had done. Yes, Microsoft themselves, with an update to Windows 10, broke people's printers from working properly. Um, if you had a different version of Windows running on a diff different computer, you actually could still print off from the older version of Windows, say, for example, Windows 7 or Windows 8. But users of Windows 10 were affected by this. Now, if you've got an older-style printer and you notice this month, oh, it's not printing, you can fix it yourself. Depending on which version of Windows 10 you have, going back to last week, if you press on the Windows button down the bottom left-hand corner of the keyboard and then type in W-I-N-V-E-R and press Enter, you'll see your Windows 10 version. Now, depending on which version of Windows 10 you're running, depends on which version of the update you need to get to fix the update that Microsoft broke your version of Windows 10 with. Makes sense? Of course it doesn't, because that's Microsoft for you lately with Windows 10. Um, there are two updates, the two fixes. One is KB456, which makes no sense. Still not finished. KB456712 or KB456713. Now, you need to look at which version of Windows 10 you're working with, which version of those updates you need to use to fix the problem Microsoft broke on your computer. Microsoft said they are not going to force you into doing these updates, but if you want your printer to work once again, you have to download the update and install it. It takes, let me tell you, about 15, 20 minutes to install the updates. It's quite a large update to be installed, but after you do that, yes, your printer will once again work on your Windows 10 computer, thanks to Microsoft breaking things and fixing them again. Gotta love that. Uh, on Thursday last week, the ACCC had concerns, they said, about the planned takeover of Fitbit by Google. Now, Google pretty much buys everything they possibly can. Surprise, I'm not bought by Google yet, but give me some more time, I'll get bought by Google. Um, they announced back in November last year the CEOs of both Fitbit and Google. So the information that Fitbit users have with Fitbit won't be used for advertising purposes with Google. Uh, the ACCC is looking at the acquisition of Fitbit by Google with concerns it will, one, they'll tell a lie and actually will use the advertised, the details that uh, Fitbit users have got with Fitbit for advertising purposes, but also so that that way they have a monopoly on um, fitness tracking information with Google. So we'll see how that actually does things a bit later on once the ACCC finishes their inquiry into the acquisition of Fitbit by Google. Now, when it comes to Apple, things are changing massively. As I said last week, there were rumors that Apple was going to stop using the Intel CPUs for their computers and move to use the same sort of technology they're using in the iPads and the iPhones. Well, on Tuesday morning Australian time, so literally just a few hours before I start recording this, they did it. They announced that by the end of this year, they will no longer be planning to use the Intel CPUs for their computers. What this means is, firstly, they are going to be in full control of every single part involved with the making up of their computers, their phones, and their tablets. All the same sort of environment. 
It means for people who make programs, it'll be easier to get their programs to work on the Apple computers because the same things that they do on the iPhones and the iPads will now work on the Apple Macs without any changes being done to them at all. What it means for people who have bought a Mac recently is your computer's not going to last much longer. Apple have said they're going to be supporting the Intel CPUs for a little bit longer, a couple more years they've said. But in my experience with the way Apple does things, get ready to have a pretty much useless computer in the next two or three years as they sort of wind back support for the Intel chips and focus more on their own custom Apple processes to try and make things more under control for themselves. Um, what it also means is that um, they won't be able to run Windows on a Mac the same way they have been able to do for the last few years. It does mean that Apple have organized to do a, well, like I said about last week, the Rosetta 2. They are going to be organizing a program that will be part of the Mac operating system that will allow people to have older programs and use them on the brand new Macs. How many years is undecided yet, but if experience again shows, it'll be there for about five years and then they'll kill that off as well, citing some security flaw that's in Rosetta 2. So if you bought a Mac recently or looking at buying a Mac, it might be an idea to, if you're looking to buy one, hold off. If you've already bought one, you might not get as many years out of it as you thought you might have been getting. As Apple moves away from the Intel processes and moves more towards their own custom processes like they got in the iPad, the iPhone, and now, from later on this year, the Macs as well. This is Clicks Radio. Paul Notes Private Eyes, this is Clicks Radio, and what a way to go into the whole the whole hacking of the government from the last week than with Paul Notes Private Eyes. That was almost well planned. Uh, the big news item for this week, and perhaps the whole topic of the show today, is about the hacking that involved the Australian federal government being hacked by some other country. Now, on Friday, the Australian Prime Minister at this time, Scott Morrison, said that uh, the country had been, the government organisations as well as some large businesses were being hacked by another country. Now, he didn't say which country. Uh, just for the first little bit, he did not say which country was hacking. When asked what country was hacking us, he did not give an answer. And at this stage, there is no solid evidence as to which country it actually was. Um, but the country that was hacking us was looking for, this stage looks like confidential information about um, the people in Australia, businesses, as well as health information. Um, now, like I said, people are making assumptions based off um, situations of what has been looked at and what's happening with the wider community and saying it looks like China might be the one that's actually involved with this. China have since said, no, not us. Now, is it truly China? Is it not? It could be China. It could be Russia. It could be the US. It could actually be Ukraine as well. Um, each of those countries has been known to attack other countries' um, technology infrastructure and hack them away to try and get information. Which one's actual one to actually be doing it to us? Don't know still. Um, but I can tell you now, the copy is known as copy-paste compromises. Now, it uses programs that are freely available on the internet to get access um, through internet-facing systems like servers, devices, anything that directly connects to the internet as opposed to, say, your computer at home, which connects through a modem to the internet. So it doesn't affect your computer at home, but it might affect your modem. Um, now, the hackers are attacking known security holes in systems. They're either being tested, they're being set up, 
or aren't being maintained and regularly used. They're the main entry points that the hackers are using to try and get into this. Now, if they're unsuccessful in using the hacking tools to get into the systems, they're moving from this sort of um, just basically attacking things to use, using social engineering, which is where you get the emails from PayPal saying your PayPal account's gonna be locked if you don't click on this link and do this stuff. That is social engineering. And for the most part, people don't fall for it. However, it appears people actually have been falling for it and clicking on links, um, downloading programs, downloading files off attachments um, from emails or doing a whole range of different bits and pieces because that's how they manage to get into some of the more secure systems. Um, the other thing they can do with um, emails, so they can have the links, in links and attachments in emails, but they can also actually have small little white pictures hidden away, in, usually in the top left-hand corner of an email. You won't be able to see because, of course, it's a white picture, and it's only a very, very small picture, um, but it appears up there, and what happens is it, keeps track of who actually opens up the emails so once they know who's actually opened up the email from an unknown person they will know who is more likely to fall for the scam that will then get then oh this person sent me this email here in the past it was interesting and oh, a new email here from them. I'll click on this link that's they've sent to me and from there they get access through the uh, person's computer into the network now once they have access to the systems they change programs and change where they do things because um, they don't need to get there and, and go from trying to get into the computers. They now have access to the systems. They change their idea and rather than going on to trying to attack it, they start getting bits and pieces and details from the computers and their systems. Um, now, it's a case of if the people who are using the computers didn't fall for the, the tricks or if the systems were kept patched properly, they could never move on to the second part of it, which was the actual getting information and what's actually been involved with that. On the way, a little bit later on today's show, I'll talk about some of the places that have been affected by, this, by, by the hacking and also what the government has said actually you can do to keep yourself safe. This is Clicks Radio and back to the hacking of Australia by some sort of other government organisation. I don't know which country it's from. I'm going to get involved with that right now. Details about what actually has happened and what you can do to keep yourself safe on today's show. So usually with websites and systems, when you're coming from somewhere overseas, you would be blocked from getting access to it. If you've been overseas trying to do your banking or even trying to get you onto, say, Telstra's website to log in to check your account, quite often you get blocked. That's called geo-blocking. Now, with the hackers, they had the, built the problem of they can sort of really hard hit a network or a system or a device but once they got onto it, they can't access anything inside of it because they're from overseas. So what they do is they have a system of programs they put onto servers. So when they have control of a device, they can then appear to be coming from Australia to attack other systems and get more information about things. Now, the problem comes down to how easy is it to find out who has access to what. And what ends up happening is everybody loses access to everything. It's overkill, but it solves the problem about who's actually doing the right thing. So once the government has said, yep, you've been hacked, your best bet is to literally close down the whole internet system while you disable everybody's access to the internet and then you slowly re-put things onto the, the internet as time goes on. Um, now, you have two problems. You have to worry about any device, so any phone, any modem, 
um, any router, anything that's directly connected onto the internet without something else covering the way has to be up to date and kept safe. But also if you're doing things like emails, cloud-based storage like um, iCloud, like OneDrive, like Dropbox, all those sort of things there also have to be kept safe from hackers because they too are directly accessible through the internet. Um, the main way of doing that is to organize a, what they call multi-factor authentication. So that is setting up to have, when you try and log on to a website, rather than just having your email and your password, it actually sends you a text message. And that then keeps you a bit safer as well. Um, that's what the government wants people to try and do when it comes to emails and cloud systems, rather than letting you just access things quickly and easily. It does mean things will be slowed down a little bit, but it does mean that things are safer. Now the problem that we had is this attack is still going on now. This very moment there's still an attack happening on Australian government bodies. Um, it's taken them a long time to actually say this has been happening. It comes down to purely the IT departments that were involved were not keeping track of what's going on with their systems. Um, quite often when I'm with somebody I will show them the Windows log or if you had the phone calls from Microsoft or Telstra, they'll tell you to go into a certain program and tell you that every error here is, an, is a virus. This is the Windows log. It keeps track of everything that happens inside of Windows. Now, if the IT departments were to check that regularly, they would notice that, hang on, this is odd. This system we don't use is being used regularly. And they would then stop the system from being used and hopefully send it to the government to let them know about there's this hacking going on with their systems. Um, that's the first thing that should be done, is making sure that anybody who's in charge of an IT system regularly checks the Windows log, as well as the internet log. So that way you can keep track of who's actually accessing your internet connection. That's pretty much the main two big things that can be done. And then if there's something strange or out of the ordinary happening, let the government know. Let the Australian Cyber Security Centre know that that's happening and that way at least they can keep track of what's going on with viruses and hacking into the different organisations. Now Transport for New South Wales actually had a system outage last couple of weeks that's affected bus drivers. Now what happened with state transit is that bus drivers actually weren't being told what they're supposed to be doing, what buses to take or what trips they're meant to have been doing. So they've been going back to the way it was years ago where the bus drivers would be told things in person and have to write things down for themselves. Now this is getting better, they're sort of recovering from it right now, but it is thought this is all involving the same thing. Why attacking bus drivers? I don't know, but they must have thought that's a good way to try and get past things, is let's attack bus drivers, because why not? Because they're into transport, those hackers? I don't know. <laughs> Here's Ganga Jang, Sounds of Then on Clicks Radio. This is Clicks Radio. Welcome to it. It is a all hacking, all security, all what you can do to keep yourself safe version today and this week. Um, it is a huge, massive story. The question is, why do you assume it's China that's attacking Australia? Well, it comes down to a couple of different things. Firstly, it comes down to Australia in the past has said many, many times that they believe China are pretty much pirating um, actual bits and pieces that are made by Australian businesses and using that to help their own economy. That's the first thing. The second thing most recently has of course been the coronavirus and COVID-19 and Australia wanting the World Health Organisation to look into why it became such a massive pandemic. 
when it could have been contained much, much earlier if details about the pandemic were actually released properly and earlier. And the third thing is, get this, technology-based. So the other reason why people think it might be China that's doing this is down to the Huawei 5G blocking that the government has done. Um, I think it was last year or the year before, when the whole talk of the 5G mobile phone rollout was happening, um, the government said, no, you cannot use the Huawei 5G system because we know that Huawei actually do have links to the government uh, in China and so can be used to actually pretty much track what's going on with Australian people. And so they said, no, you can't use Huawei products at all with your... Uh, 5G networks and so that of course annoyed China's government quite a fair bit so with those three things chances are that's the reason why it possibly looks like it's China doing it but at this stage they aren't admitting to it at all Um, now what is the hacking actually targeting is it attacking individuals is it attacking you or me is it attacking the government what's it actually attacking That's the most important question being asked, and that is, it is only attacking government and infrastructure organisations, like power, transport and health. It's not attacking individuals. Um, Does that mean you are completely safe? No, you're not, on a couple of different cases. First, the problem that we have is if you work for an organisation involved with the infrastructure of Australia, so you work for transport, you work for health, you work for power, you work for any of those infrastructure sort of things, or you have in the past, your information possibly has been stolen. That's the first thing. The fact that these government bodies or large businesses are the target and they're up to information means that if you work or have worked for either the organisations being targeted, chances are your personal information has been stolen. Now, could it be used against you? Possibly. There are, uh, there's a very strong possibility that the, um, the hackers will try and probably possibly sell the information on the black web, like the hackers involved with um, the Lions Brewery um, hacking have said they're going to do. But it can also mean that if it is, for example, a government that doesn't like Australia very much and might end up having massive issues with us, um, that means that you could potentially be, if you're high enough in an organisation, be a target. Is your home computer affected? No. No, your home computer is not affected by this at all. So going about your normal day-to-day things should not change. But be aware, if you have ever worked for an organisation or you currently do work for an organisation which has been targeted, like I said, mostly government or infrastructure-based bits and pieces, that's we've got to be careful. Um, what can you do to keep yourself as safe as possible? Now, there are eight things that the government has said should always be kept safe for you to stay as safe as possible. First one is application control, which means purely any programs run on your computer or your systems should be trusted. So the way around that problem is, one, know the programs you're going to use, but two, antivirus. So antiviruses do keep track of what programs are safe, which ones aren't, and will block things that aren't safe to be used. The second thing is patch your applications. Keep programs up to date. That's important. So let your antivirus update. Let Windows update. Let all those things get up to date. That way it's at least as safe as possible. 
Third one, configure macros in Office. So if you're using Microsoft Office, one of the great features that Microsoft Office have or has is the ability to actually have a Word document or Excel document actually do more than just be there to type in. And they're called macros. They're small little programs written to work inside the Office document. Now, if you are using that feature, you need to have it turned on but locked down severely. If you're not using macros, not programming any Word document to do anything in particular, you can turn that feature off and normally it is turned off by default. Fourth thing is user application handling. So what that means is purely if you want to have um, people using the internet, try and block as much as you possibly can. Block the ads, block Flash, which is dying anyway, block Java programs. Anything that can be blocked should be blocked. That way the person using the computer is kept as safe as possible. Fifth, restrict administrator privileges. So when you get a computer and you set it up, you are always set up as an administrator. You're in control of the computer. Whether it's password or not, you're in control of the computer. To keep things as safe as possible, if you don't trust yourself or you have kids involved, you should actually organize for a user account for the computer, which will get then ask for a password when it wants to try and do things that need more privileges than just being able to turn the computer on and do basic bits and pieces. By doing that means that only programs that are allowed to run basically will run. Everything else will have to ask for a password first and then it can run. The sixth thing, patch Operating systems, so make sure Windows is up to date. Make sure that your iOS, your Android devices are up to date. That way, at least if there's a security hole found in those different things, those different um, basic programs, they're being patched as quickly as they possibly can. Seventh, multi-factor authentication. This is what I was talking about before about using usernames, passwords, and text message. Or I know that I think it was Bendigo Bank used to have a little device that you'd have that would actually give a different code every couple of hours to let you log into their website. Um, those sort of things. Multi-factor authentication means that unless you have the multiple different ways of keeping yourself safe and making people log in using different methods, you're not going to be as safe as possible. And the eighth and final thing the government says you should do is keep daily backups. So that way you know for a fact that if things go to hell in a handbasket, at least you know you can go back in time and use a previous backup. What you can do yourself, keep yourself safe, is next. After Elvis Costello, here on Clicks Radio. This is Clicks Radio and... Finally, towards the end of what we can try and deal with this, this hacking that's involved everything and what you can do yourself. Not what the government's done, not what the government says you should do, what you can do yourself to keep yourself as safe as you possibly can. First is keep your programs up to date. If you're running Windows 10, let it do its updates. Don't try and stop it. If you're running Firefox, Chrome, antivirus, anything like that, let them do their updates. If you're running Windows 7, you can't get updates for that unless you're paying Microsoft for the privilege of getting updates for Windows 7. But you can be using programs like Firefox or Chrome, which will keep itself up to date. Plus, you can get your antivirus, making sure it's up to date as well. They're the most secure things you can do with Windows 7 to keep yourself as safe as possible and updating things with that. Uh, second, if you get an email that you don't recognize, you don't know why you're getting it. It's from a person you don't know or somebody you do know but sort of out of character, don't even open it like i said earlier on these hackers can actually put a small little white picture 
in an email that you won't even see, you won't even know it's there, but they will know that you've opened up that email. So if you get an email from someone you don't know, don't recognize, or it's out of the ordinary, don't open it at all. If you do open an email, don't click on strange links. Don't download and open up attachments. All these sort of things are just purely down to social engineering and you don't want to be the one who falls for these sort of things. The most regular way of getting these crypto-locking viruses, these ones that make you lose all your files, are the ones that come from the emails, believe it or not. People usually working for large businesses get an email in and think, oh, it's from this person, it's an invoice, I'll open it and, and print it off and pay it. This is how they get the the viruses onto the systems. You could always get there and ask the person sending you the invoice, hey, did you send me the invoice? And they will let you know, yes, or no, we didn't. I don't know where it's from. Either one of those two things will be greatly useful. Either don't open it or ring first. But don't open strange emails and never open strange email attachments or click on links. Third thing, and I think this is everybody does this anyway for the most part have an antivirus now with Windows 10 you get one built in is it good? I don't want to get sued so I'm being quiet um, your best bet is to always make sure you have a, val a valid up to date antivirus for Mac as well now there's no reason why a free one won't do the job for you um, the, the main free ones that I recommend myself are Kaspersky and Bitdefender. They're the two main ones that I say are, are worth getting. Um, I used to say in days gone by, in the olden days, um, AVG, Avast and Avira. Those three now focus so heavily on showing you ads that I don't like using them at all. It's, it's not worth the worry and the stress. While Kaspersky does show the occasional ad and Bitdefender does send you the occasional email, those two are both much, much smaller programs than the other antiviruses and don't show near the number of ads. So if you want to try and get yourself a free antivirus, your best bet is either Bitdefender or Kaspersky free antivirus. Both of those two works fine. Um, if you want to get a paid version, again, Kaspersky and Bitdefender both have paid versions. The main one that I use for paid people these days is Norton. Um, they do so much towards making life easy with Norton these days compared to what they used to be. Um, they're pretty much the main go-to when it comes to paid antivirus for the most part. Um, so there your three paid is Norton, Kaspersky, Bitdefender. Like I said, with Mac as well as Windows, you should have antivirus words paid or free. Doesn't matter. Just keep yourself safe by having the antivirus ready to go. The fourth thing, the most important thing you can do to make sure that you are completely safe when it comes to your computer usage and your data is back it up. The number of times I've had to try and salvage files that have been deleted by accident, that have been lost because of a virus, that have been lost because a hard drive has died, that have been recovered because an old computer they wanted to try and keep files from had to be brought across um, to a new computer that person didn't transfer files onto. Backing up things is hugely important, hugely important. All you need to do is simple option, a USB stick. They're about $5. That's about it. Plug it into the computer and just literally copy the files from your computer you want to try and save. So any pictures, any documents, any music, anything that you think you want to try and save, there's two ways of doing it. One, right click on the photo, the folder, whatever you want to try and do. Right click on it and go to copy and then right click on the USB stick and go to paste and you're done. Other option is to, on the left-hand side, when you open up your documents, for example, left-hand side, you will see 
the little USB stick, little thing appearing there. Just drag the documents onto it. That also works. Either one of those two methods works perfectly fine. It's completely free once you've bought the USB stick. The, you can install programs to do backing up. I do install one called Cobian Backup that does do backing up automatically. And Norton does do their cloud backup. Your best bet, though, in all honesty, is do it yourself. You know what you're going to get. You know what you're needing to save. While you might lose things like emails, should you lose everything, at least the important things you've got safe. And if you do want to keep certain emails, just save them and then back those up onto the, the USB stick as well. There's no reason why you can't do that. So they're the four things. So update your programs. You want to make sure that you don't open strange email attachments or links. Have an antivirus and back things up. They're the four main things to keep yourself safe. Like I said, this hacking that's involved in the government does not involve individuals at all. The only problem you have to face is if you work for an organisation that's involved with the hacking is you might have your personal data stolen. But on a personal note, you are completely fine, completely safe. That's it for this week's show. It is a long one. Yes, I know. Yes, I know it's focused just on security and the hacking that's involved in Australia. Um, but I had so many questions about it and so many concerns about it. I thought I'd do a whole show on this. Uh, next week, back to a more normal show covering tips, tweaks, all sorts of bits and pieces, um, and maybe even some more modern songs, if you want. If you want any feedback for the show, go to clicksonline.com.au slash radio and let me know what your thoughts are about the show. As always, it's your thoughts, your questions that make this show what it's going to be in the future. I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.